All right, if you have your Bibles, let's open it up to the Gospel of John, chapter 6, verses 1 through 15. If you don't have your Bible, you can go to your maybe your app on your smart device, or it will be on your outline, and uh, you can follow along uh, on the screen as well. We, we just believe that the Word of God is what changes our lives, and we're, we are in the Gospel of John. And uh, let, me, let me start with a question. Have you, ever, have you ever faced a difficult situation uh, in your life? Anyone ever faced a difficult situation? Not first service. Second service, they're full of difficult situations, right? H- how about um, when you face a di- difficult circumstance, a difficult situation, you, you have something available to you, but you know that it's not going to be enough. Someone has maybe come to you and they say, well, maybe this will help you. It's like someone saying, I got 20 bucks for, to fill up your gas tank, right? <laughs> Nowadays, 20 bucks is just barely going to tell the attendant to turn it on, right? <laughs> but but, you, but you, they, they offer you something that just does not seem like it's enough. No matter what assistance or, or finances, they, they may give you. And, and, and you might have said or thought what I'm about to say. You might have said, well, what good is that? What good is that? What is that going to do for this big circumstance and this big challenge that I'm facing? You know, someone offers you a dollar when you need $10. Or someone offers you $10 when you need $100. And, and you know what your, your need is and what's been offered to you or what you have is not sufficient for the challenge or the circumstance. Have you ever been there? Have you ever been in that place? You can put gas in your car, but you don't have enough to fill up your car. What good is that? Maybe you've been praying about something you feel God is leading you to do, but you just don't think you have the skills that you need to do that. Maybe it's working with children. Maybe it's working with youth. Maybe it's working with uh, our security team. Hint, hint, hint. Maybe it's just serving in some place that is going to honor God, but you just don't think you have enough to do what God has called you to do. And you think, what good is that that I have to offer? I think a lot of people struggle with that. What good is that? that I have to offer. Maybe you're a dad in here and and you've struggled fathering your kids because maybe your kids do not act the way that you think they should be acting. Anyone have that problem? Not first service, but second? They probably struggle with that, right? And and so we, we, we think to ourselves, what good is that? I just don't have enough in my resources to fulfill everything that I believe I need to fulfill. And the problem that we have as people, hear me now, the problem that we have as people is that we always want to have enough before we set out to do what God has called us to do. And what we're going to find today, what we're going to find out, is a narrative in John's gospel where the disciples find out that Even when they don't have enough, Jesus is enough. 
No matter what you're facing, no matter what your circumstance or your challenge is, if you are insufficient of that, Jesus Christ is not. He is sufficient for whatever we're facing. Whatever difficulty, whatever challenge it is, God is able to do more than we are capable of doing ourselves. And so my prayer, my prayer is that you will not leave here today without having an assurance that no matter what you're facing today, whatever you have to do tomorrow, if you have Jesus in your life, everything's going to be okay. Amen? See, see, I'm, I, I have a big challenge in front of me, guys. I have a big challenge. For six weeks, I'm supposed to not think about the church. Uh, you, you guys, you know, you laugh at that, but that's a big challenge because can I tell you something? That's all I do. That's, that's what I do. Every day I think about the church. I, I think about what's going on. I think about someone that's hurting. I think about someone that's, that's you know, near death door. We've got a couple calls this week of, of people that, that passed. I did a funeral this, you know, this week, and, and, uh, and, and then others are very ill, and, and it, it never stops. Have you noticed that things don't stop? Life keeps going. And so the challenge that we have is, is how do we navigate through this? How, how do I, here's my challenge, I'm going to be transparent. How do I navigate through my next six weeks without thinking about you guys? I know it's going to take a week before I get your faces out of my, out of my mind. Because yeah, every day I'm thinking about, you know, what's going on in, in this person, this person, this person. But together, today, we're going to see that Jesus is able to help us to meet the challenges that we have in our life. You see, for me, here, here's, here's going to be my, my, uh, my win. My win will be that Jesus Christ will be my rest. That I'll find rest in Christ. Amen? And, and I, I will have to get quiet. And I'll tell you right now that I'm not, I'm not a quiet person. I, I, I have quiet time, but, you know, I, they said you need to get away, like, for a week and, and go spend time alone. And, and you know, go, well, I don't want to spend time alone. You know, can I go spend time with my grandkids and my family? No, 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 go spend time alone. So I'm, I'm processing all of this. And, and you may have something that you're facing in the next week or two or maybe the summer that, that God wants to speak to you from, from this message. Okay, so chapter 6, verse 1. Do you remember last week we, we finished chapter 5 in John's gospel and we learned about the witnesses that, uh, that concrete our faith that Jesus is the Son of God, God in the flesh. Remember that? And, and Jesus was talking to the religious leaders who were angry because he had healed a, a, a lame man at the pool of Bethesda. And that, started, that, that, that brought a discourse, a conversation that he had with the leaders and everyone else that was in the sound of his voice about, number one, uh, who he was. And he talked about him being the son of God. And because he said he was the son of God, the religious leaders were very upset because he made himself to be God. Remember that? And, and Jesus never corrected them and said, no, 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 you misunderstood me. Jesus said, yeah, that's exactly what I'm saying. And then he says the witnesses of, of who he is that uh, his miracles were a witness, his teachings were a witness, John the Baptist was a witness, amen? So he's teaching, and that's very important to us because you're always gonna hear voices coming at you that are going to try to discredit who Jesus is in your life. 
Jesus is God. He's the second person of the Godhead. The first is God the Father. The second is God the Son, Jesus Christ. The third person of the Godhead is God the Holy Spirit. Amen? Three persons, one God. <laughs> Blow us away. But that's just what we learn, and, and, and Jesus himself concreted that for us to have an understanding and assurance. Now we get to chapter 6. After this, after all that happened, Jesus crossed over to the far side of the Sea of Galilee, also known as the Sea of Tiberias. A huge crowd kept following him wherever he went. So as Jesus crossed over, he was crossing over to probably get some rest, a respite from all the people. But here's the thing. Because these crowds saw all the miracles he was doing, they followed him everywhere he went. Okay? And that's what it says, verse 2. Because they saw his miraculous signs as he healed the sick. So I was thinking about this not too long ago. I was thinking, what if the Lord, you know, had a healing ministry for someone? Say for me. And, and you begin to pray for people and they get healed. You pray in the name of Jesus. We don't heal them. Jesus does. Amen? But you pray and, and, and people get well. And we believe that God still does that today. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Amen? Now, but think with me. If you start praying for people and they start getting healed, guess what happens to you? You get really busy. Because there's a lot of sick people. Amen? And so people are going to be coming. Can you please pray for me? So Jesus, because the proof was in the pudding. When Jesus prayed for people, when he touched them, they, got, they recovered from whatever illness they had. If they had mental illness, if they had demonic influence, he would pray for them. Boom. They were healed. No matter what he prayed for, it happened. Amen? So the multitudes are coming, okay? Uh, then Jesus, verse 3, climbed a hill, and he sat down with his disciples around him. It was nearly, nearly time for the Jewish Passover celebration. That gives us a timeline right there. So we remember that the, the miracle at Cana was around the Jewish uh, Passover celebration. So a year had already gone from, from the healing, I mean, the, 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 the miracle of the water being turned into wine. So one year had passed. We looked at, at the chronology right there. Okay. Uh, and then verse 5, Jesus soon saw a huge crowd of people coming to look for him. And turning to Philip, he asked, where can we buy bread to feed all these people? I love verse 6. But he was testing Philip, for he already knew what he was going to do. Now, that's important for us. So sometimes the Lord will ask us a question. What are we going to do? He already knows what he's going to do. I, I, I confess to you what my struggle is. Hey, I got six weeks, and I need to rest. I need to not think about people. But Jesus already knows what he's going to do. He, he knows what the plan is for my life. He knows what the plan is for your life as well. So he already knew what he was going to do. Verse 7, Philip replied, even if we worked for months, we wouldn't have enough money to feed them. That's a reality check. Then Andrew, Simon Peter, spoke up. There's a young boy here with five barley loaves and two fish. Now here comes, our, here comes the title of our message. But what good is, is that? What good is that? With this huge crowd. Verse 10, tell everyone to sit down, Jesus said. So they all sat down on the grassy slopes. The men alone numbered around 5,000. 
for that was besides the women and children. Then Jesus took the loaves, he gave thanks to God, and he distributed them to the people. Afterward, he did the same with the fish, and they all ate as much as they wanted. Someone say, thank you, Lord. See, that's my kind of diet right there. You eat as much as you want. It's very biblical, by the way. After everyone, after everyone was full, Jesus told his disciples, now gather the leftovers so that nothing is wasted. How many of you know that God doesn't want to waste anything in our life? That's important for us right there, okay? So they picked up the pieces and they filled 12 baskets with scraps left by the people who had eaten from the five barley loaves. And when the people saw him do this miraculous sign, they exclaimed, surely he is the prophet we have been expecting. Let's just pause right there. Here's, here's something you need to know. Moses, when Moses was, was uh, leading the children of Israel, he said, he said to them, there's a prophet who will come after me. You will have to listen to him. He was prophesying about Jesus. Now this is a reference right here. This is the prophet that we're waiting for. And we've been expecting, verse 15, when Jesus saw that they were ready to force him to be their king, he slipped away into the hills by himself. Because here's the important thing. This is, this is important scripture right here. Jesus didn't come to be their king here on earth at that time, the, the king of the Israelites at that time. He came to be the savior of mankind and to die for the sins of everybody. Amen. He is the king of the Jews, but he came for a specific purpose. Okay, what good is that? Here's three takeaways that I think will help us throughout our week. All of us have a that. We all have something that we say that is not good enough. Amen? Your that is often a test that reveals God's faithfulness and will concrete your faith in Jesus Christ. Do you believe that? Do you believe that? The, the disciples faced challenges and circumstances that would test their faith. And guess what, beloved? You as a disciple of Jesus Christ will continually face challenges and circumstances that are going to test your faith. What was the challenge and circumstance that the disciples were facing at that time? The food. How are we going to feed all these people? Right? Feeding the multitude. Remember Jesus turned to Philip. And he asked him, and I love this, where can we, he included himself, where can we buy bread to feed all of these people? Now, this is important to us because in your life, God will many times question you and question me about what we're going to partner with him to do. When Shauna and I met Sandy and Michelle, Pastor Michelle from, from Holland, if you remember, we, we went to Chili's, we went and had lunch after our Easter uh, services, that the day after Easter, we went there and, and we came into contact with these wonderful uh, uh, pastors and leaders uh, of a church in Holland who are ministering to people from the Ukraine, women and children that are crossing over from the Ukraine into Poland and, and to other places parts of Europe with nothing in their hand except maybe a plastic bag or a bag with their clothes. That's all they have. 
And when we met with, with them, and I, all I wanted to do was just rest from four services that we had done. But God had another plan. And in that plan, God had us come into contact with these people that be, they began to, to tell us about what God was doing in the Ukraine and what he was doing in, through their ministry in Holland. And then there was a test to me and to us, what are we going to do with them? Are you with me? And your life is filled with continuous testing of what you're going to do as you partner with Jesus to make a difference in the world for good. See, you were called, beloved, just like I was called, to make the world better. And if Jesus is with you, it doesn't matter what that is, your that is in good hands with Jesus Christ. But you need to recognize, and I need to recognize, that whatever that may be, that many times it's a test to see if I'm going to trust the faithfulness of God in whatever I'm facing and whatever challenge that I have. You see, Jesus already knew what he was going to do. But the disciples didn't. Here's something for your life. That challenge that you're facing, that you'd scratch your head thinking, what am I going to do? You might not know, but God already knows what he's going to do. And what he wants to do, beloved, what he wants to do in every one of us, he wants to build our faith and anchor us in the faithfulness of Jesus Christ. If you leave here today with nothing else, leave here knowing that Jesus is always faithful, no matter what we have before us. Have you ever heard a, a, a saying that, that uh, I think Joyce Meyer might have said it, maybe that wasn't even her saying, but I've heard other people say it. New level, new, new devil, right? In other words, new level, new challenge. And, and when you start walking with God, your levels are low. You know what I mean? You just trust God for everything, but everything's kind of simple, right? And as you walk with the Lord for years, things get a little bit more difficult. Anyone notice that? It's kind of like raising your kids. When they're babies, the only thing you worry about is them standing up, right? And then when, they're, when they start to walk, you, just, you start to baby-proof everything. You, you, you take all the sharp uh, tables out of the way. You start putting things up, and that's all you worry about. They turn teenagers, you worry about other things. Amen? <laughs> and then they turn young adults, and then the, the worries become a lot more. So the challenges become greater as we increase, as we progress in our lives. It's no different with our walk with God. See, the disciples were progressing and seeing the faithfulness of God. His first miracle that is recorded is he turned water into wine. And, you know, can I tell you what the disciples did? What they say? Party. <laughs> right? Now, a year later, a year later, he tells Philip, Philip, what are we going to do? How, where are we going to buy food? Now, the question for Philip was, where are we going to buy food? Philip doesn't answer the question. Philip starts saying, you know, we could work for four months. We could do all kinds of work, and, and we're never going to have enough money if we, even if we work for that long. That was not the question. The question for Philip is, where are we going to buy food? Philip could have said, you know what, there's a market right down the road on the corner. I don't know if they have enough food, but we can buy some food over there. 
That's exactly what we do as people. God will ask us, you know, what, what are you going to do with the people in Ukraine? What, what are you going to do to help them? Well, well, Lord, you know, I'm over here. I got my own problems. That's not what the Lord is asking you. He's not asking you if you've got your own problems here. He's saying, what are you going to do with the people in Ukraine? What are you going to do with, 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 uh, with the, the children's ministry? What are you going to do with, with uh, the ministries that we have here? You know, it, God wants for people to be better. And he'll ask us, you know, like, do you, would you work in the nursery? Would you go in and, and serve and, and make a difference in, in, in the ministry here at Living Word Chapel? And you say, well, I already raised my kids. That's not what he's asking you. He didn't ask you if you raised your kids. He didn't ask you if you're, if you're not, you know, I don't have, I don't, I'm not good with babies. I can't change diapers. Now he's speaking to me. I don't want to change diapers, right? But he's not asking us that. He's saying, what are we going to do with the babies? You know, we're ready to kick off a, uh, we're, we're getting ready to kick off an after-school program in the fall. We're, we're getting all the prep work going for that. And Nanette Soule is doing all the groundwork and, and giving Nanette a big hand because she's amazing. Yeah. Nanette Soule was principal superintendent of, uh, of the Oracle Mount Vista School. And, and then she retired. And she said, I'm not going to work with kids anymore. I don't need to do that. And then the Lord impressed on her heart because we said we're going to start an after-school program. She came to us after I had told my wife we were driving, right? And we were driving, I, I forget where, uh, out of state or something. We were driving, and I told Sean, I think Nanette would be a perfect person for that, for that, uh, for that place uh, in, in the after-school program. She said, babe, she's retired. Are you kidding me? She wants to rest on that. And then Nanette Soule comes to Sean, and she says, hey, the Lord has impressed on my heart that I should maybe head up that position to start starting the uh, to start the after school program, and I was like, "Thank you, Lord." <laughs> this is important for you, beloved. Sometimes, sometimes Jesus is asking us to do something, but we avert the question with a lot of excuses. Amen. How are we going to make? our life better, or someone else's life better. I want you to think about this. Maybe what you're lacking, we identify this as our that, is a test to reveal that Jesus is more than enough. And if you're going to rely on yourself, if you're going to rely on your own resources, on your own abilities, you'll never tap into the resources and the abilities of God. Amen? Well, our country is in such bad shape. What can we do about that? We can talk about how bad it is, or we can say, Lord, we need you. I need you. I need you to make a difference in my life so that I can make a difference in my community. Sometimes we have a, a, a challenge with our finances and sometimes it's a test of your faith that reveals God's faithfulness. How about the challenges you're having with loving someone? Sometimes that's a test to reveal that the love of Jesus in your life is more than enough. Our love runs out. Our, our love bank may run out, but God's love never runs out. God so loved you, and he so loves the world 
that his love is more than enough to get you through that relationship that you're having that is depleting you of the love that you think you don't have. How about your lack of faith? Sometimes our faith seems like if it's smaller than what it needs to be. But Jesus is here to help us with our unbelief. Jesus is here to, to, to give us what we need. How about, it's Father's Day. And in our, in our elders' prayer, we were praying, and, and one of our elders said, you know, what are, the, what are one of the things that we need to pray about with our, with our adult children and, and with our grandchildren? Well, God calls fathers to not exasperate. Do not burn your children out. Do not, you know, tell them and be on them all the time. Sometimes our patience runs out. But can I tell you, the patience of Christ is always in abundance. And sometimes it's a test when our patience is running out to tap into the one who is patient all the time. And he's patient with me so I can be patient with others. Amen? Let me ask you a question. What is Jesus asking you to do right now in this season that you're in, in your life? The disciples were in a season. They were walking with Jesus. That season brought them to a question, where can we buy bread? Now, the, 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 the why, why are we going to buy bread was so that we can feed all these people. You see, Jesus is concerned about people even when we're not. Are you with me? Jesus is concerned about those people in Saddlebrook Ranch that aren't here. Jesus is concerned about the people in Oracle that are not here. Jesus is concerned about the people in San Manuel that are not here. He's concerned about the people in Aravaipa that are not here. Jesus cares about people and their welfare. And when he asks us about the, the that, right, he wants you to know that the reason is because he wants to make our world a better place. Every one of those people that were there to, to, to seek for, for, for the, the, the answers that Jesus provided, for the healing that Jesus provided, they were there because they knew that he could make them better. But we need to not make excuses. Even if we worked for months, we wouldn't have enough money to feed them. But here's the thing. If Jesus is a part of our partnership, if he's with us, you can be assured that you're going to have more than enough. Amen? Here's your second takeaway. Your that is in very good hands when it, when it is in the hands of Jesus. Your that is very good in the hands of Jesus. I can relate to the disciples because the that's in my life seem insufficient. And they seem like if they're not good enough at times. That's what Andrew said to, to, to Jesus. He said, there, there's, a, there's a young boy here with, uh, you know, five loaves of bread. He's got two fish, but what good is that? with such a huge crowd. He evaluated the situation, and that's how we are, beloved. That's how we are. 
all of us are evaluating our circumstances. We're all evaluating our challenges. All of us take a step back and we say, how am I going to navigate through this? And, and, and when you do and you, and you have yourself as the only answer to the equation you have before you, you're always going to fall short. But can I tell you something? That when your challenge and your circumstance are in the hands of Jesus Christ, they're in very good hands. And he's more than capable. Your that in your hands may never be enough, but your that in the hands of Jesus will always be more than enough. <clears throat> and that's what the disciples realized. And that's what each one of us will realize with whatever we're facing in life. Whatever it is. When you read the, the, the life of Christ, <clears throat> you begin to understand that, that things that we think are irrelevant are very relevant. Mud in the hands of Jesus was very relevant and very sufficient. Did you know that? Mud could be put on eyes of people and they would see. Spit in the hands of Jesus was pretty amazing when he mixed it with dirt and he put it on people. The, the, the things that we think are very insufficient or irrelevant are incredibly sufficient in the hands of Jesus Christ. Your desire to make a difference in someone's life in the hands of Jesus will come to pass. Your, your desire to stop and come away from an addiction in the hands of Jesus are more than words. One of the things that, that, I, have, that I have seen in my life is when I have put whatever I'm struggling with, whatever that is in the hands of Jesus, I have seen him over and over and over and over again be faithful. Because Jesus is not, he's not a talker, he's a doer. And what he does in our lives, beloved, this is important for you. What he does in our life is he takes you away from just talking into doing. We, we're we're in, a, in a new phase in the Kearney campus, and we're doing a big service on Saturday. I won't be here for that. Uh, thank you, Leonard, for, for going and overseeing that. There'll probably be hundreds of people there for a memorial service they're going to be doing. So... Most of the community will probably be there, maybe surrounding communities. We just renovated that whole space. When we first got there um, to, to the Kearney campus, there was a lot of work that need, needed to be done, not only in, 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 the, in the campus itself, but in the people themselves. And here's what I believe and I know for sure. I have seen the faithfulness of God over and over and over again. In that year that we've been there, I have seen him do things that only God can do. It's no different from here today. You're here because God brought you here. And whatever you're facing, whatever challenge you're facing, you need to know that if it's in the hands of Jesus, he can do what you could never do. And he will do what you'll never do. I, I love the way the message paraphrase puts it in, in uh, chapter 6, verse 8 and 9. It says, one of the disciples, it was Andrew's brother, uh, Andrew's brother to Simon Peter, said, 
There's a little boy here who has five barley loaves and two fish, but that's a drop in the bucket for a crowd like this. What good is a drop in the bucket in your hands? What good is a drop in the bucket in the hands of Jesus? I don't, I don't have enough, Lord. I don't, I don't have enough faith. I don't have enough abilities. I don't have enough this. I don't have enough that. But you do. You have enough faith. You have enough abilities. You have enough strength. You can do what I could never do alone. See, you may be in here today thinking, I just don't have enough. It's just a drop in the bucket. If you put that in the hands of Jesus, it's in very good hands. And when I come back in six weeks and seven weeks and I hear about what God has done in your life, I'm going to celebrate with you. It's amazing, these, these Connect cards. And I, and I love you guys filling out your Connect cards again. We, we got back to that. I said COVID took a lot from us. COVID, COVID when, when it, this pandemic came, came, it took a lot from the world. But Living Word Chapel, we were discombobulated. It just hit everybody. And there's so much, so much that, that came from that. But one of the things that we were really hurt in is that we used to do these, do these Connect cards where we would, we would fill out a, a, a go God, what God was doing, and a need God. And the go gods were, were, you know, God has done this amazing miracle or he's done this in my life. And, and, and we got away from that because, you know, we weren't having in-person services. We began having in-person services. We were scattered. All these different things happened. So last week, I spoke to you guys and I said, you know what? We need to get back to that place and not let the devil steal what God is doing. It was amazing what were written on those cards. People that have uh, come out of addiction and been set free. People that have actually, uh, they, they come and, they, and you're talking about how the, the message is and how the Holy Spirit is, is changing your, your, your mental uh, health and how you're able to now function in a way that's healthy. You're walking in, in, in courage. You're walking in strength. Let me tell you something. If you put your life in the hands of Jesus, it's in good hands. And great things are going to happen. And, and this miracle, this miracle of, of Jesus uh, uh, turning five loaves of bread and two fish and feeding 5,000 men plus, it's no difference today than it was back then. God can do what man cannot do. And what I want you to grab a hold of before you leave is grab a hold of what Jesus can do in your life and trust him for whatever challenge that you're facing. Here's the third takeaway. Your that in the hands of Jesus will be more than enough with leftovers for days to come. God's goodness continues to give. Look at verse 12 and 13. After everyone was full, Jesus told his disciples, now gather the leftovers so that nothing is wasted. So they picked up the pieces and filled 12 baskets with scraps left by the people who had eaten from the five barley loaves. That is such an important finish to this passage. 
because they started out with being insufficient. There's a, there's a, there's a young boy, he's got, he's got five loaves of, uh, of barley loaves of bread and two fish, but what is that? That's just a drop in the bucket. What good is that? And they ended up picking 12 baskets of leftovers after Jesus got done. And Jesus didn't say, you know what, just leave the leftovers for the birds. Jesus said, go and pick up every single scrap that was left over for a reason. And here's what I want us to grab a hold of. Everything that God does for us in our life. Can I tell you, when, he, when he's helped me with my, with my mental health, when he's helped me with my emotional health, when he's, he, gives me, and he, he gives me a surplus so that when I receive, I can also give back. Amen? When he helps me with my faith, he gives me faith and he increases my faith so that I can believe. And I give that faith back to other people so that you will believe that Jesus will be faithful. When God provides me for me and Shauna financially, and he does that continuously. You know, when we gave up working at the mine, I was doing very well at the mine. And, and I took this position at the church. And, and, and the finances were a lot less than what I made at, at working in the, in the mine as a supervisor. But I just trusted God for, for the process for every day. And he has met our need continuously. And those finances, by the grace of God, were able to give back and back and back. Because God is faithful. When you trust him with a little, he will fill you with an abundance. And when he fills you with an abundance, you pick it up, you don't waste it, and you give it back. Here's my question to you. What are you willing to give back? Because God has give, given you an abundance. How many of you are walking in here with an abundant peace? Give that peace back to other people. How many of you are walking in here with an abundance of the love of God? Give that back to other people. How many of you can get up and have a smile on your face? Give that back to other people because they need it. Can I tell you that the that the people in our world, they need a lot more cheerfulness than they do need rudeness. Amen? God gives us in abundance so that we can give back for his glory. What, what, I, what I find is that um, you here at Living Word Chapel, you're a gift from God. You are such a gift from God to Sean and I. And what, what God has, um, has blessed us with, I, I was thinking when I was back there in the back and we were getting ready for our service and I saw people serving. And, and it's, it's amazing as our, as our sanctuary starts to get filled up and, and our, our ushers and people that in the, in the safety team, they, they start putting more seats out. And every Sunday, it seems like we put more seats out for people. And I think about them serving and how much of a gift they are from God. And, and, and this is what Jesus did. When he, when he fed those 5,000 men and women, he served them for a specific reason. He served them and he made them feel appreciated. He served them and he nurtured their souls. And he served them and he celebrated their lives. 
And that's what you are to me. You guys make me feel appreciated. Some of you even make me feel nurtured. And some of you, you even celebrate my life and I celebrate you. As we, as we leave today, as we leave today, beloved, whatever the that is in your life is in good hands with Jesus Christ. The that in our life, Sean and I, for the next six weeks, it's in good hands with Jesus Christ. Amen? I'm going to have Shauna and, and uh, come up right now. And the elders who are here. And I want for us to, uh, <clears throat> first Shauna and I are going to pray for you, for everyone here. And I'm going to pray for the people that are watching online. And I want to pray for the people that are serving in the sound and media. You're, you're a gift from God to us. Rick, you're a gift from God, bro. Father, I just want to pray your blessing over every person that is sitting here today. Lord, you know what the that is in their life. You know what they're facing, the challenges that they have before them. You know the things that try to steal their joy, the things that try to steal their peace, the things, Lord, that may keep them from being courageous, that try to steal their strength. But, Lord, I just pray right now, I, I join with them just coming before you saying you're sufficient. No matter what we face, you're more than enough, Lord Jesus. And I pray, Lord, as you increase their faith in the faithfulness of Jesus, and not only, not only faith, Father, but as we see your results, Lord, that we will point the surplus to other people so that they can see that you are real and that you are good. Thank you, Lord, for the years that Shauna has stood by my side. Thank you, Father, for uh, her faithfulness to you, Lord, to serve Jesus. Holy Spirit, thank you that you've comforted us, that you've helped us in, through, through good and sometimes through very bad. And sometimes there's been ugly in, 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 in our lives, Lord God, in the ministry. But you've always showed yourself to be true. You've always filled us with your love. You've always given us everything that we need. So I thank you, Lord, for being the anchor in our lives, in our marriage. And so right, right now we just, uh, <clears throat> we just ask, Lord, that as the elders come up, Father, that you lead us, lead Living Word Chapel. Lead Living Word Chapel.
as uh, Rob comes up, uh, we'd like all of you to help uh, pray with and pray over this couple, pray a blessing over this couple, and if you're comfortable, go ahead and reach out. Amen. Father, uh, you're a good, good Father. We just thank you that uh, we can lean on you in all situations, and uh, you're the prime example of it for all of us. So, Father, we come to you knowing that you hear and answer all our right now, we lift up this wonderful couple of God to you. Father, we thank you for James and Shauna and the work they do here, Father God. And uh, in my opinion, there's not a harder job out there, Father God, than what these two do. Uh, as they shepherd the flock, Father God, we are truly blessed to uh, sit under the uh, teaching of Pastor James and uh, just to call James and Shauna brother and sister in Christ and friends. So, Father God, uh, we look at this sabbatical as a good thing, Father Amen. God. Amen. Uh, they will truly be missed. Remind us all, Father God, not to pick up the phone and call them over the next five weeks. Uh, Father God, and just lead us and guide us. And we pray, pray a blessing, Father God, over this couple. We pray traveling mercies, Father God, as they go to and from, Father God, but most importantly, pray for rest, relaxation, and refreshment, Father God. And we also pray that in this time that they both would just draw closer to you, Father God, that they uh, would have new revelation and new insight as they come back refreshed, Father God, on how to lead this church and how to continue to lead this church, Father God. So, Father, we, again, just say thank you for this couple. Bless them. Wrap your loving arms around them. Protect them. We're going to miss them. Boy, we're excited for them to know that they're going to be able to get away and just uh, recharge, Father God. And we just ask it all in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thank you, bro. Love you. Love you guys. <laughs> Let's stand up and, and get ready to worship our King as we close the service. Just, just a quick reminder about next week. Um, you're going to be in such good hands, not only with the elders. Next week... You got Gary Kinneman, Dr. Gary Kinneman, who will be here. He's an incredible communicator of God's word. And then uh, Pastor Jack Scholl will be with us the whole month of July, uh, bringing a series. So he's, 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 he leads a church in Tucson, and he's taking a month off to come and preach over here so that he can help Sean and I out. So it's wonderful. And then you'll have uh, Pastor Mike as well. But it's going to be a great time. We love you so much, guys. You're, you're loved with you would never know how much you're loved by us, and especially by Jesus Christ. Let's all worship our King.